you see that? Blue just went right into the picture of that farm. That's so cool. Hey, I think Blue wants us to follow her. There goes Blue. Blue's gonna do what we can do. Hey, get the fuck out of my house, asshole. There, that's your intro. I'm Andre, this is Brothers of Murder, and if you hear that slight jingle jangle in the background, that's my cat going the fuck off. Hey Erica, and welcome back to, like I said, Brothers of Murder. I'm Andre, like I said, and I bring you true crime cases of color, dumb crime cases of stupidity, and we listen to music, and I give you a lot of opinions about murder. This week, we're diving into a case that I run into a lot, and always... I don't want to say like get arguments about it's more like friendly discourse because you know I go online and discuss murder with my friends and other people in the comment section of my Instagram and Twitter I like to talk to them about this stuff too and I feel like this case will be one of the ones that we're going to have a lot of different viewpoints uh, about it and die in my favor <laughs> this is the death of Kanika Jenkins and my theory on what happened. Kanika Jenkins went to a hotel with some friends. They were joining others at the Crown Plaza Hotel for a birthday party. About four hours after arriving, Kanika is reported missing. Police were not called, but their friends instead called her mother, who raced to the hotel and started looking. And then she requested the staff to help her in looking. Now, a lot of people criticize the staff on their immediate action. That was a good jump. Good for you. Talking to my cat. Uh, but I don't think there's any real good reason to question like the staffers who immediately started helping with the search. Because people were saying, oh, well, there wasn't enough. But it's like, it was 3 a.m. There's not going to be that much staff on hand. But I digress. After looking top down, uh, her body was found eventually in the freezer and she was dead. Now, we all search for answers. And uh, I think I may have a answer. Now, I'm going to give this answer, but don't come at me in my DMs about this shit. Because just don't come at me sideways. You know, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. But just don't like jump down my throat because I'm about that life. And I, I know how to fight. Kanika Jenkins, age 19, was found dead inside a latch freezer at the Crown Plaza Chicago O'Hare Hotel in Rosemount, Illinois, after attending a party that there on September 10, 2017. The medical examiners reported the medical examiner's report found Jenkins' death to be accidental. Alcohol and tapiramate which is a drug used for epilepsy and migraine, were also found in her system and were thought to 
and were thought to add and like speed along the effects of hypothermia that she sustained in the freezer for remaining in there that long. While the Rosebud Police Department did not suspect foul play, they stated their investigation was incomplete, which raised a lot of questions and led a lot of doors open, you know, for people to conspiracize about. Jenkins' family and friends criticized the initial police response, and a lawsuit was eventually filed against them and the hotel staffers. Now, hop on my segue, and we'll go right along to the incident. And I just put my hands up like I was riding a segue. Kanika Jenkins was celebrating with friends at a hotel party that took place in room 926 of the Crown Plaza. Good job, good jump. The party started at 11.30 p.m. on Friday, September 8th. An acquaintance who arrived at the party noticed that Jenkins <laughs> appeared to be swaying back and forth as she embraced him in a hug. Several witnesses reported she was drinking chronic and a couple other drinks, but did not see her partake in any marijuana or any other drugs that were there. Other witnesses reported that Jenkins was not acting like her usual self. Uh, they noted that she would go dance for a little bit, but would later appear to be sad and went to go sit down. And honestly, that sounds like me whenever I go out dancing. She was briefly seen with uh, others walking around through the halls of the hotel and camera footage later surfaced of Jenkins staggering near the front desk at 3.20 a.m. About one hour after Jenkins' friends contacted her mother, Teresa, who arrived to the hotel around 5.30 a.m. To assist in the initial search. She proceeded to knock on many guest doors from top of the floor to the bottom. Like, just going around knocking on everyone's door looking for a daughter. Which anybody, any sensible person would do. Until a hotel employee actually called 911 to complain. Not to say, hey, a girl is missing. But hey, a mom is banging on people's doors looking for a daughter. Stop, make her, make her stop. Hotel management stated that they did not provide access to video footage from the night before until someone reported Jenkins missing to the police, who then officially reported her missing to hotel management at 1.15 p.m. Saturday. Family members later characterized the initial police response as lacking urgency. A first check of camera footage that focused on entries and exits turned up nothing, but by 1 p.m., police spotted footage of Jenkins doubling through the hotel. Her whereabouts remained unknown until she was found in the hotel freezer and pronounced dead at 12.48 a.m. on Sunday. She was found laying face down on her side with one shoe off. There was no sign of trauma. There was no sign of trauma other than a small cut on her foot. The temperature inside the freezer was found to be 34 degrees Fahrenheit or 1 degree Celsius, as the rest of the world likes to say, approximately two hours after the door had been left open. So if you want to just hop on the handlebars of my segue, we can go right over to my shocking facts. Nearly from the start of the most pernicious element of the story was how it convinced everyone and their mom that Jenkins had come to foul play at first glance. Her history sounds like a dateline story, a woman in the prime of her life dying inside of a giant freezer. It was captivating, and it is captivating, and it makes you want to speculate, but there's some glaring points here. So following this case and covering it was a circus because you have activists like myself jockeying for visibility position, which obviously matters. 
Family members were visibly angry that their initial outcries weren't heard, which is completely valid. But certainly there was an abundance of just conspiracy theories that filled my Reddit and my Tumblr, which I won't tell anyone what the name of because it has a lot of my very, 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 very tasteful nudes on there. That's a joke. Or is it? Now, a lot of other... Now, a lot of these other coverings dangle what happened to Jenkins. Like, they dangle in front of your face to keep you suspended the whole time when your point could just be made very clear. And here's my point and my theory, my opinion. I don't think it was a homicide. The mystery was solved once the Cooks County Medical Examiner's Office conclusively ruled that Jenkins' death was due to hypothermia along with being intoxicated with alcohol and her medication for her epilepsy and migraines. Therefore, it was an accident, I think. The concept of an imperial young person trapped and unable to free herself is just something that resonates with people. Like, for example, parents. When someone who is a parent heard this story, they imagined their kid trapped in a freezer and it just stuck with them. And it like fucked them up because it's a crazy, sad story. And people, you you know, we get our emotions wrapped up in things and make us think one thing and be completely blind to the other possibilities that are out there. I mean, some people speculated that Jenkins' friend had put a $200 hit on her head in a public place, mind you. If you're going to hire someone to assassinate someone, first off, you wouldn't take that person to a party to get them assassinated. Second... $200 doesn't sound like enough. Like for 200 bucks, you might as well just go buy like a good kill kit from Home Depot and do it yourself. You could probably get like a nice like a bag, uh, an official like bag, maybe like a good knife, some fancy gloves. You could really like get real suited in the Buddha for the occasion if, you, if that's for 200 bucks. That's like, come on. Other people speculated that uh, there was an underground organ harvesting ring and that crown plaza is like attached to it and they do this like a pizza gate thing uh like a pizza like a pizza gate thing for selling organs on the black market which i mean if someone wanted to make like a youtube video about that i'll watch a good you know if it was like 10 minutes long i'd watch it if there was a killer who killed kanika that killer would have to be blessed with powers like stealth this extreme amount of stealth or basically he'll have to be invisible and maybe telepathy you know to like fool people and deceive them and he also would have to be like a whiz at editing videos and avoiding detection so basically he would have to be a mutant or an x-men or more specifically sage from the x-men yes sage the one woman computer that was basically her power Shout out to the two people who understood that reference and are like, hey, I got that. Everyone else, you can suck my... So now in the year of 2020, for the most part, the social media frenzy over Kanika Jenkins' death has ended. Amateur sleuths like myself are no longer posting videotaped conspiracy videos, theories about how the 19-year-old's body ended up in a freezer. Strangers are no longer blaming Kanika's girlfriend for quote unquote selling her for 200 bucks during a party in a room full of people. No one is no longer pointing 
fingers at this suspicious young black man who joined the party late, who just happened to be a kid who was at who went to the party late. He had nothing to do with it. He just showed up late. And no one is also accusing the police or the hotel for covering up a murder. But if if I even thought for a second the police did cover up this murder, I would be on their motherfucking ass. But I don't think that's what happened here. But just, you know, to drive the knife in a little bit more. Fuck the police. We know now that Kanika's death was a hypothermia and just a tragic alcohol-related accident. I mean, here's what happened. Kanika went to a party. Someone illegally supplied her with alcohol and she drank stumbled off and walked into a freezer that closed behind her i think that's completely in the realm of possibilities of things that can happen i don't think that victim blaming has anything to do with it like i saw people saying that like oh she shouldn't have been drinking but every teenager drinks like it's a thing so documents released recently by the rosemont police show that kanika's had drank heavily that night and her blood alcohol content was a uh, 0.112, which is above the legal limit of driving. So she was pretty sauced. And in combination with her medication, put her even in more of a, you know, out of it. Hey, this is future editing Andre. Just coming in to add in a bullet about to pyramid and alcohol that I completely left out. And I feel like this will kind of feed into my point. If you're mixing alcohol with the pyramid, there are side effects, interactions, and dangers that you should be aware of, or that people should be made aware of when they're given this drug for seizures and or migraines. Uh, some of the side effects are increased drowsiness and sedation, coordination and cognitive problems, and an increased risk of underlying issues that the medicine is used to treat, so seizures and or migraines. Uh, it was never really put out if Kanika suffered from seizures or migraines, but since that is what the drug is for, it's not like a drug that can get you high. She was either suffering from seizures or migraines or maybe both. So yeah, hey, pass, Andre. Enjoy the rest of the show. Day state, which you can see if you've ever seen the videos of her just staggering through the halls and down the stairs, and her friend said she only had a couple shots of chronic, but... You know, obviously she was more inebriated than a couple shots could have probably done to someone normally, you know, her size, stuff like that. But added with her medicine, it really just put her out of it. And people keep trying to blame their friends and like, why they throw her in a hallway, X, Y, Z. But in interviews and her friends who have came out and talked, they said that they put her, they took her keys away because she was supposed to drive home that night. But they took her keys, placed her in a hallway and was gathering some other friends so they could all leave because they didn't want her driving her mom's car home drunk. They were trying to do the right thing. But I believe that in her inebriated state that she just wandered off and wandered into her freezer. Like, I've done... I'm a wandering friend. I'm, the, I'm that friend who just wanders off and goes past out places. I've left clubs and went and passed out in the alleyway I don't know. I was just like fucked up. But I just, I really don't see it as a homicide. I just see it as a tragic, tragic story. That's my opinion! And I actually do want to blame the hotel for, like, 
a little bit. I want to hold them to a standard. If you have a young girl like Kanika who is staggering around the front desk of a hotel, someone should have helped her. So there was someone at the front desk who could have helped her. Someone could have aided. Someone could have assisted. Someone should have called someone. So like, and then calling the cops on a mom who was trying to look for a kid is also a shitty move. Like, you know, if if I was there, I would have probably punched the concierge who's in charge of hotels and who's like the front area, whoever tried to call the cops on me for looking for my kid, I would have punched him in the face. You know what? I would have punched the concierge too. Just having the, I don't know what the fuck you do. But yeah, so that's my take on that. And I'm welcome to discussing it furthermore. Now for my shit post crime of the week and like all my other shit post crimes, well, not all of them, but uh, most of them, this one comes out of Florida. Florida women allegedly stuffed multiple mailboxes with disgusting porn-filled Easter eggs. And disgusting is in quotations because, like every other form of art, porn is very subjective. On April 6th, Jessica Nallendinger received an unfamiliar package in her mailbox on uh, Easter. Earlier that day, her brother-in-law discovered a toy egg in the family's mailbox. But when they opened it, they were all pretty fucking shocked. Quote, the last thing I expected to see was opening the Easter egg would be pornographic images. Nellan Digger 31 told Oxygen News, which I pulled this account from. It was just random and weird. Inside the egg, the family found Skittles, goldfish crackers, a square of toilet paper, and a tiny scroll of religious writing alongside a naked woman getting taken by two men. Beneath the graphic image was an artistic rendering of a Roman soldier spearing and crucifying Jesus Christ. So she really covered all her bases with this one. You're snackish, you're hungry, you're horny, you gotta pray afterwards, and then a toilet paper square to like wipe up with. So the pregnant mom said, it was horrific group sex stuff. It was disgusting. Our concern was that our five children could see it. Nella Denger, who was currently living with her sister's family, said that they were also fearful that the anonymous mailer could be spreading COVID-19, which is a more legitimate concern than, you know, a couple of images of a chick getting DP'd. That was our first concern, she said. Well, good. A day later, Nella Denger recalled seeing a gray Honda cruise on the block. She saw a person get out and place something in her sister's mailbox. But at the time, she didn't find it suspicious. When the car reappeared on the block this week, she immediately called the authorities. So after she called the police, they went out there on the Florida Parkway and arrested Abril, who is a 43-year-old church fanatic. Then that's her claims herself. So she was arrested and she admitted to delivering the pornographic eggs and religious pamphlets and went on a homophobic rant about quantum and magnetic fields, sexually transmitted diseases, and in the Bible before deputies arrested her and took her and because I guess they were tired of hearing her shit. She screamed, why are we having gays teaching classes in church? They're rewriting the Bibles. The woman insisted that she's just a religious fanatic and told deputies that she was enraged by local churches. The 43-year-old visited 59 places of worship, and she said in an attempt to confront religious leaders over her concern regarding their teaching of the Bible. 
I have always attended and I have always spoken about all these churches and I didn't even one have replied back to me. They never have time to speak to me about it. When they all ignored her, she began printing her pornographic religious manifestos, hid them in eggs, and began stuffing them in mailboxes. She admitted to loading up about 200 to 400 religious pamphlets on April 8th alone. Uh, a deputy scolded her by saying that as a parent, I would be livid if my child saw that in the mailbox. He asked her if he understood the potential victimization she could be doing of people, especially children. She really didn't give two shits about that. And she is facing additional charges because she's not giving up information on uh, all the other eggs that she put out there. She's just letting them all get discovered on her own. So on April 9th, she was brought to court. She was charged with driving with a suspended license, violating disaster preparedness orders related to uh, COVID-19 and, you know, being a dickhead. <laughs> She didn't have a record before this, and it just seems like she was having a, uh, it was a moment for her. She was in a mood. It was a moment. I think maybe the quarantine got to her, and she just wanted to spread some porn to all the children, which is, it's not okay. That's all for me. Um, oh, oh, there she is from her nap. So, you know, enjoy the music, and make sure you go like, subscribe, review, uh, my website's up now on browsermurder.com. I'll be posting different articles and things there that I don't cover, like cases that are too small for me to cover. I'll just put those on blogs on the website, hit up the social medias, wash your hands, and don't give porn to kids.
official.